imagine that third girl, she's probably getting shit and puke by the time. But it she gets hasn't got. I don't think she ever gets any though. That's the that's the good part or the bad part. Like I'm just like I don't know. Yeah. If I say the word distended asshole one more time, the show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rancid Taco Movie Review Podcast. I'm Skylar Sanders, here with the middle link to my third link, Mason Weir. Which link is the best and which is the worst? Uh, I think the first link is the best. Yeah, yeah I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not spoil the links just yet, because tonight we are reviewing... The Human Centipede first sequence. <laughs> Ew. This movie's absolutely disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. Thank you, Marley, my beautiful daughter, for choosing this movie for us. I'll just spoil this now. This is one of the worst movies we've ever reviewed. Not only that, it's foul and absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's got almost no redeemable qualities. It's uh got nothing really good about it and yet you can't really take your eyes off the screen this movie came out in 2009 and it got a score of 49 percent on rotten tomatoes that sounds about right i would have thought way lower yeah i'm gonna give it way lower don't worry <laughs> we're right uh, there and we're in life aquatic and robin hood territory there with that well score. your life aquatic <laughs> And the rest of the world. That's, and a, that's my, a score. And my Robin Hood. Well, we won't waste too much time on the Rotten Tomato score, I guess, because we've got this very big cast we've got to get to, and a lot of big names in this cast. And go. Okay. There actually aren't any big names in this cast. <laughs> but there is kind of a decent performance by the lead. I, I mean, if you're going to find a positive out of this movie, I think the performance of Dieter Laser is the best we've got yeah he's the only person that really gets a shot to perform everybody else is just kind of like they're doing their part you got kind of uh i guess ashley williams as Lindsay. she's maybe a close second but uh dieter laser is probably the star of the show top of the line i read that he chose to employ method acting for this role and so he didn't let his other cast members meet him and talk to him on set. And in fact, he injured two of them during the filming of this movie because he was so intense. <laughs> that's that's almost worse. <laughs> that's... Did anyone got injured in the making of this shitty movie? Yeah, the fact that this guy might have actually just been psycho and typecast as the, as the part. Well, he did win some awards for this. So I'll nice. give him some props for that. He won some indie film or horror movie awards for this and you already mentioned ashley christina williams she does play the protagonist female Lindsay. um she's in another horror movie called julia she's not great in this at all but she is better than the next person <laughs> the next person i want to mention she's second best on the cast of a whole bunch of people that are fall short on the cast yep this one's the worst, I think, of all. Ashlyn Yenny? Yeah, Ashlyn Yenny. She plays Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I think that rhyming is funny, but it is. Ashlyn Yenny. Ashlyn Yenny is Jenny. 
And she is, as my note says here, link number three. <laughs> yeah, not good is what I <laughs> particularly yeah. bad. Yeah, she's kind of like whatever. And they did then, her a favor by putting her in the back of the link. Though I think at the back of the link, she kind of suffers maybe the least amount of torture. Uh, no, no, I would think no. it would be the worst. The physical pain of being in the middle would be the worst. Well, we can't spoil this yet. It's the whole movie. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's the whole movie. So, m- moving along. Yeah, move along past Jenny. I've only got one other cast member here, and we might set a record for the quickest cast ever. Let's do it. It is Akahiro Kitamura, and he Kitamura. plays the character of Katsuro or Katsuro. Japanese uh, tourist and front section of the centipede. Yep. He is asked to do more speaking than the girls because he's the only person who has a mouth left at the end of this movie, but he's speaking Japanese the whole time. So not much to say in terms of his acting performance other than again, not really good. I, I want to say that he kind of does his own thing, but it gets a little monotonous. He just, there's a lot of screaming and uh, yeah, a lot of yeah, yelling, a lot of screaming and yelling, and there's really no variance to his performance. So, his first film role was in a movie called Porno. Oh, okay. I wonder if it was a real porno. <laughs> if it's called Porno, I'm skeptical of it being a real porno. Could you imagine if you search for that movie, you could never find it. You would always <laughs> just find real porn. You would find a bunch of great things, though. You would, but you would never find the movie with this guy in probably, it. Probably not this one, though. He was the one that got into a fight, actually. There's a scene when the, the doctor kicks the centipede, and he kicks this guy, and he got into a fight, the actor did, with the lead. That was one of the two people that he injured. Oh, so he must have actually kicked him or something. Yeah, he kicked him too hard, or you know, he was in the method acting mode, so he kicked him so intently that he broke his ribs or injured him and caused him to stand up and fight him. Well, I'm surprised he could stand up after his knee cartilage had been removed. Oh, man, come on. We're spoiling the whole movie here in the cast. Ah, yeah, sorry. That is the end of the cast, though, unless you had anyone else you wanted to comment upon. Nope. There are a couple other characters. I could do it. But nope. Nope. All right, that's it, then. Nice, quick four-man cast, and we can go ahead and become the human centipede. I guess that puts you in the back of the centipede. That was me gargling on the shit that is the human centipede. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Don't spoil the centipede. Now, whoa, whoa, what's the spoil? Everybody knows what's happening. All right. we right. Let's try just to... Uh, actually, let's just spoil the shit out of it. Fuck this, it. Guess yeah, come what? on. This movie is about what the title of the movie is. A human centipede. <laughs> yeah. Three people attached mouth to anus just... Fucking disgusting, smoking down, smoking down shit. Turds, smoking oh, down yeah. dog food turds. Ugh. Yeah, but that's but that's like, it don't really only, it, the thing that about it was I expected more of that, but it really only happens one time. Yeah, that's actually a way that they made this movie sort of clever, is that it, as disgusting as it is, they don't really show you anything too disgusting. It's just all in your mind. It, it works your mind in a way that you think you're seeing something disgusting, but you're actually only seeing the concept of how disgusting this is. Yeah, you see some pretty disgusting shit, but the base concept you don't see as much of as you might think. Thankfully. Mercifully. You mercifully, yeah. So we'll get into it. 
But how did we get here? How did we get here? How did we get here? (laughs) A slew of bad decisions. And it starts with a bad decision. So we meet the doctor here in this first scene. He's sitting in his car. He's crying over a picture of a a dog that's uh, actually three dogs attached to one. (laughs) So you, you take it that he's crying over his pet or pets when suddenly... Keep in mind, he's on an abandoned highway right now with no one on it at all. This random trucker pulls in directly behind him and runs in the woods to take a shit. Got him. What what kind of plan was this to capture somebody for one? And two, if you're this trucker, it's like pick any other stall, bro. There's every other stall in the woods and you chose the one with a car there. This is like going out fishing with no bait on your hook and a fish just eats the hook because it thinks that it's a worm. It's like, you didn't even try. You just dangled the fucking line in the water and somebody came along and thought that that was a good idea. What do you think his actual goal was? Do you think he was pretending to have a flat tire and hoping that someone would pull over to help him? Mm, I think, yeah, I mean... He was clearly there to get a victim, right? Yeah, he's there to get a victim, but it's like, how would... How would we know? Like, why would somebody stop at that point? I don't know. I guess because they're out in the middle of nowhere. But they didn't even show him having a flat tire. So I guess the scene really is just there to introduce us to the evil doctor who shoots and kills this guy who's... I'm sorry, he doesn't kill him. He yeah. shoots this guy who's taking a shit out there in the woods. And he's uh, he shoots him with a tranquilizer dart. So he's not dead, but he is unconscious. Yeah. No, we don't know that right at the beginning. You you no, could that, think that he's true. dead. That's true. So now we'll go from him to the protagonist. Their names are Lindsay and Jenny. And if you're not remembering their names, <laughs> they will say them over and over and over again while yeah. they still can. And you still probably won't remember which one's which. Because no. <laughs> they're kind of interchangeable. Lindsay and Jenny are so bad. They just Every line they say, they have to say the other one's name. It's like they don't know that there's there's not a third person in the room. It's like if I ended every sentence talking to you with Skylar. Well, Skylar, we're doing a podcast tonight, Skylar. Oh, Mason, that's great. Mason, thank you, Mason. <laughs> Gets old pretty quick, huh? You would think. Yeah, you would think I would know your name by now and just talk to you normally. Well, to be fair, these two don't seem like they're great friends. They bicker the whole time that they're able to to speak and move around that's with true each other. that's a good point they maybe they're frenemies maybe but uh, things that happen later lead me to believe that ashley or Li- i mean Lindsay is definitely a good friend whereas jenny is just kind of like selfish out for herself well i don't know if she's selfish but she's she's definitely not as invested as Lindsay. all right well i'm interested to find that because I'm not interested in much else that's happening in this movie. So I'm interested in hearing that little theory. Okay, good, good. So they're on the phone here at the hotel, the two of them, with a third girl named Amy. And normally in a horror movie, when there's another person in the dialogue and they mention a name, they're going to come back around. Well, spoiler alert, we will never hear or see anything about Amy in this movie the rest of the time. Uh, yeah. So the the two of them are now driving to this nightclub, or they think they are, but instead they're lost in the backwoods of Germany, I guess. we Do we ever learn yeah. where exactly they're, they are? Yeah, they're in Germany. So it's pretty clear to me that they're not going to a nightclub, but these two girls are hopelessly dumb. 
they not only get lost, but then they quickly get a flat tire out in the middle of nowhere. They start turning on each other. They start panicking. It starts raining. And there's a pointless but really creepy scene here when the two girls are broken down in the car and, and this man rides up beside them. What do you think of this guy? <laughs> I thought he was just setting the par for a bunch of fucking creepy, weird German. You know, like, I don't like to kink shame, right? You know, you, we've talked I, about I know this you don't like to do that. I right? don't like to kink shame, but uh, Germans are fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like, they do some weird kinky shit. And uh, this German is into some. He's just, he just strolls up and is like, oh, two lost women. They're in desperate need of help. Uh, let me just fucking be the kinkiest, weirdest guy I can possibly be to them. Yeah, if he actually wanted to harm them, he might have tried to hide his intentions. But he just rolls up and says, you two girls look like you're horny. How about I fuck both of you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they don't speak his language, so it's not really funny, but maybe they were going for comedy. Yeah, like they look up one word and she's like, he's saying, he's saying fucking the sick pervert, which he is, so they're not wrong, but uh, all they understood was one word, which was fucking, and he, he, he pulls up right next to the car and is just there. Uh, licking his lips and chops at him like he's a big bad wolf. Probably squeezing his dick through his sweatpants as he's sitting there. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think he was? Squeezing his dick? Yeah, through his sweatpants. Oh, yeah, he probably got off. He probably was, like, when he drives off. That's probably why he drove off. He probably busted in the. He drove off because he finished and was like, all right, I'm good. Actually, he might be onto something. I wondered why he left them alone. They were clearly helpless. Yeah, I mean, maybe he maybe he gives up because he's like, ah, eh, they're not going to respond to me. But maybe he just fucking jizzed and then he's done. There we have it. Mystery yeah. solved. Mystery yeah. number one out of the way. This is what he does every night. And he's not even the fucking villain. He's not even the bad guy. No, he's actually one of the most morally correct people we'll meet here in this movie. <laughs> I don't think so, but <laughs> I think he's uh, he's... The average German, uh, which is uh, just an absolute kink show horror for, for, uh, freak. Well, much like Amy, you think maybe this guy will come back around because we know what this is setting up. These girls are going to get abducted and set in some horrible scenario. And you think maybe this guy will be the one to save them or Amy will be the one to go and help them. But we never see this guy again either, just like Amy. <laughs> Untied ends. So I'm kind of spoiling it, but they're non-spoilers. I'm, yeah. I'm saying what's not going to happen. They're not going to get help from these two. Yeah, don't worry. Sure. Don't worry about that guy. So the two of them now start trekking through the woods. It starts raining on them. They're completely lost now. They don't even look for a trail. They're just trudging through the woods like some forlorn oh, yeah. elves in Middle Earth or something. And Jenny's just absolutely done with it. She's like, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to keep walking. I'm just going to stop moving. And not even move from where I'm at. And fuck you, uh, Lindsay. So They make these two girls so annoying and so stupid that it's impossible to feel sympathetic for them here. Yeah, I feel like that they... Uh, if, if the doctor hadn't been so fucking twisted, I would have been rooting for him the whole way. Well, we haven't seen the doctor yet since that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Or have we? Or have we? Because Lindsay the mildly smarter of the two makes the <laughs> astute observation. Hey, is that a house? <laughs> like I see a light. 
like it's moving and evading her somehow. Like it's oh, yeah. right there. You've been staring at it. It's a house, much like the headlights earlier when she says, "Hey, are those headlights?" <laughs> yeah, that or random stars just released upon Earth, guiding you to your next point. Stupid girls. One of them even says in the scene when they find the doctor's house, "Oh, he has a dog." I don't like dogs. Neither does he, apparently. No, he, actually, he loved that dog that he had. But Yeah, but he was horrible to it. Yeah, yeah, well, he was. It's a pretty bad thing that he, he's going to do to these people. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say he's going to do to these people what he did to the dogs that we saw in the picture in the first yeah, scene. Yeah, and we saw them three in a line connected. And let's just say it rhymes with a lumen... Gentafeed. Lumen Gentafeed. Yeah, he's got his own. Uh, he's got his own agenda in mind. And the best thing is, is that this is a well-respected doctor who used to be known for performing um, separations at birth, right? Yeah, he was. As he says, the finest doctor in the world at separating Siamese twins or conjoined twins. I think conjoined twins is the term now that you're supposed to say. Yeah. But he's the best in the world at it. But his actual obsession is not with taking things apart. It is with taking things and putting them back together. Yeah, he's done enough taking apart humans. Now he wants to put them together. So the girls arrive at his house. He opens up and lets them in. And that's going to be the start of their nightmare, which we will begin after the sponsored commercial break. Yeah. So we mentioned that the girls are really not that bright. And so because of this, they do not pick up on the fact that the doctor is, from the moment he answers the door, they don't pick up on the vibes that he's obviously putting out. Well, I don't know how you could not. I mean, he looks pretty sinister from the jump. He doesn't even invite them in right away, despite the fact it's pouring down the rain. They have to explain their whole situation to him. He knows what he's after, but he acts like they're putting him out by arriving at his house. He knows that he needs a couple more victims, so you'd think he'd be a little bit more connival toward these two girls well he is in his own way because he asked them are you alone and uh they say yes yeah she goes yeah we're alone like she says it annoyedly but it's like okay there's two two ways you can take this like one yeah okay if they don't have any other people there yeah it's it's not a threat to let them in but then also you're alone now i understand you're not a threat so i'll let you in (laughs) Not only will I let you in, but I'll feed you a big old cup of poison. Mmm, yeah. Because he gives them some... He, he says what the drug is. It's the date rape drug. He gives them the dose in some water, and Jenny passes out almost immediately. Lindsay clumsily broke her glass of water and spilled it. So he's cleaning hers up, and he decides to inject her directly with I think Rufinol is what he calls it. Rufies, Rufinol is an old school uh, day rape drug, but yeah, it's just something he drops into the water. I don't know if he says the name of it or anything, but he drops two tablets into each cup, fills them up with water, and they are apparently gone, and uh, 
but they just dissolve in there. And apparently it's an odorless, tasteless drug that he puts into both their waters and they just slurp it right up. No, the one slurps it up. One slurps it up. The other drinks a couple sips and then she drops it like a drunk club girl. And the doctor's not happy with that. No, he's pissed at the fact that she spills it. He goes to get a towel, but that's actually when he gets the syringe full of the drug. She realizes what's going on when he comes back up, but she doesn't really make a very good escape attempt. Instead, she just kind of crawls around before he injects her right in the back of the neck with the roof and all. And this is the second time that he injured a cast member. When he was wrestling around with this actress, he injured her the first time they, they shot the take. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's a real roughhouse kind of guy. He's no Daniel Day-Lewis. Jesus. He was going for Daniel Day-Lewis, but he's just too rough. I mean, like, yeah. You're just little kids you're working with, basically. Also, it's not like you're... Uh... It's not like you're doing a Academy Award not worthy role here. Just do your part. Well, to be fair, this is the role of all of these actors' lifetimes, I would imagine. That's true. There's this def- movie has a huge cult following. Yeah, there's definitely no other movie that anybody from this would be recognized from. It's a popular enough hit that we're reviewing it for some unknown reason on this podcast. <laughs> People it, know about this movie. I knew about it, it before I watched it. It came to us somehow. And we're, we're rolling with it. Yeah. So speaking of rolling, Lindsay's now rolling around on the floor helplessly after the drug takes hold. And she and Jenny are completely under the control of the good doctor. Ah, yes. The good doctor. And how good of a doctor is he? He's definitely got his science down. He's got his science down, but I love his morning routine. You can tell a lot about a person by what he does in the morning. And this guy wakes up and has a big bowl of canned sauerkraut every day for his breakfast. Yeah, because he's German. Oh, okay. That's what they were going for there is all Germans eat canned kraut for breakfast. Was that his breakfast? Yeah, I guess. The sun was up and it was dark the night before, so I thought it was breakfast. I saw that he had the can and I thought it was a fruit. I thought it was a can of fruit or something like that. No, that's sauerkraut there. Ew. Yep. That makes him even more psycho. Well, he's also cutting up their passports, too. So you know that these girls are not leaving this house if he has anything to say about it. Mm, Yeah, so he rips up their passports and puts them into the can like trash. Uh, But he's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's twisted. (laughs) That's hard to describe, but he's twisted. He is a twisted dude. And we're going to learn just how twisted he is in the next few scenes. Because we see the girls now. They wake up from their drug-induced coma. And they're strapped to these hospital beds or these gurneys. And beside them is the trucker that was shot in the first scene. He also is a victim of the doctor. Do you think the doctor let this trucker wipe his ass? Or do you think he wiped it for him? Because when he got shot, he was mid, mid-poop, mid you know? Well, he took his own toilet paper back there. Yeah, but I don't think he got to finish the shit, so he probably maybe, didn't wipe maybe it. I, I, I don't know why you would even care, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find anything to care about here. Man. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Well, I would say no, he didn't let him wipe, but he shot him before he wiped. He shot him while he was shitting. So, therefore, he drug him out while he's wiping, either wiped his own ass for him or didn't wipe it at all. I'm going to say he probably didn't wipe it at all. 
Well, it doesn't matter because this guy's just wasted fucking body space anyways. That's true. And we learned that here in this scene because the doctor says to him, my friend, I'm sorry, but you're not a match. And so he injects and kills the man then and there. Yeah, what makes him not a match? Is he too tall? Like, they're not going to be able to reach his asshole from there, or what? Uh, I didn't think about that. I thought it had to do with their blood types or something like that. Maybe it's blood types. No, I like your idea better, though. Maybe he was too tall and the mouth just wouldn't fit. They had to all be the same size. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Point for you. <laughs> when you're, sure when you win this podcast. <laughs> please don't. When you're... When you're planning a human centipede, though, you do have to factor in these types of things. Yep, and he did factor it in after the fact. And because of this, the poor shitting trucker has to die. And the doctor, you know, like we said, if we're going to compliment anything in this movie, it's the performance of this actor. He stares intently into the eyes of, of the victim as he watches the life drain out of him. Pretty sick, as you said. He's, he's twisted. Yeah. And good oh, job no. showing it. There's a real orgasmic feeling he gets whenever he injects this guy. Like yep. he has, and, and and it happens one time earlier when he injects, uh, what's her name, with the drug and puts her out to sleep. Like he gets off on pushing it in like that. He's what they would call in the serial killing world an angel of death. And that's a doctor <laughs> that really likes meeting out death with syringes and you know, you, you make it seem like you're helping them, but you're actually killing them. A lot of doctors love that. And yeah, yeah, the that's big pretty, thing is that's watching pretty common. The, that's the worst common. part. Of, that's the worst part about going to a hospital is you're always worried that the doctor actually wants to kill you. Yeah, you might be facing an angel of death right there. And they yeah, might be trying to yeah. Kill you. pretty common problem. Good old American healthcare system. Yeah, no, I'm joking. That's not a common problem. But it's I, something, I said that's it's, something that you would believe because you also believe shark attacks are the number one killer of people who swim in oceans no no i'm saying in the serial killing world that's the common method for doctors there are some doctors that are serial killers and they always choose injection oh okay all right well among amongst those serial killer doctors there's quite more than you would think actually there's probably hundreds of doctors that really get a thrill out of this hundreds of serial killer doctors oh yeah look up harold shipman sometime on your own time well, I'm just, that's one. And then there's several. Jane, give, give me to 100, please. Jane Toppin, the nurse, is the famous female one. There's way uh, more than, I mean, I'm not going to get you to 100 right now. Yeah, I'd say if you get to 10, you'd be doing good. Well, there's more than you think. That's all I'll say. Just like okay. the sharks. Okay. That's a good analogy, though. It's very similar. Most people are like, oh, I'm not going to very die similar to sharks. Doctor. Yeah, I'm not going to die in the ocean. I'm not going to die at the doctor's office. You'd be mistaken. Because you would be mistaken. Your percentages yeah, that's, are that's higher. That's exactly than you think. where you will die. Yep. So we're learning something here again on the podcast. Yet again, we're learning. <laughs> so back to the movie here. The doctor now does need a replacement for the trucker, what he would call the third sector, sector. And he comes home one day with a Japanese man named Katsuro, who we mentioned in the cast. Yep. He and it's not like we we don't see how he captures him, but he just tr pulls up in his Mercedes Benz, which is pretty typical of a German fella, and then drags him out of the car and puts him downstairs with the girls. A lot of strength from the doctor here. It takes a lot of 
a lot of manpower to carry a dead weight body like that. Yeah, but he's always tired. I mean, like maybe because he's doing all this extra work, but he's always like uh, he seems pretty weak. I can't imagine there's a lot of protein in sauerkraut. And he doesn't eat the steak that he cooks up for himself later on. So That's maybe true. protein deficiency. Possibly. If he had thrown some sauerkraut on it, it would have been fine. <laughs> I didn't get why he didn't eat the steak in that scene. We'll, we'll get to me that either. in a little bit. Me either. He cuts it open, and I'm like, it looks fine to me. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good steak to me. But I guess he had seen some gross things that day. So I don't, I don't know. We'll get to that later. Let's, let's, <clears> we'll get to it later. Yeah. For now, he takes. Katsuro downstairs with the girls. He straps him up. And here is probably my favorite scene in the movie. I really like the slideshow presentation that he gives the three patients (laughs) when he explains the operation and what he's going to do for this. It's hard to tell if he's doing it for them or for us, you know? Well, they marketed this as being scientifically accurate. So the the way they (laughs) sold this movie, yeah. The director claimed that this was all scientifically accurate and could actually happen. I think it's since been debunked that it couldn't happen, but they did a good enough job with this slideshow and with their promotion of the film that you could think that this is a real surgery that could exist. Well, I don't see why it couldn't. Uh, Well, I think the infection that comes with this. Well, Well, let's let's describe the operation. Even as much as I don't want to, let's describe what it is. Let's describe it. Yeah, let's describe it. So the doctor at first has to cut out the patella tendon, which makes all of them unable to stand upright, therefore creating the on all four thing that a centipede would have. And then he connects the three humans anus to mouth Mm -hmm. using grafted skin from their cheeks and from their butts from both sets of cheeks. Yeah. So it forms like a straw almost connecting the humans together. The, The skin is grafted and sewn together. And yeah, it creates a human centipede that is connected through the gastrointestinal system. Yeah, basically, at uh, three people linked up ass to mouth, and uh, they're all like, uh, centipede member one is going to eat and shit, and then it's going to go through their system into centipede number two, and they're going to eat centipede one's shit. And then digest it and shit their shit into <laughs> the, third, the third, third person. The third person, which gets now two people's shit combined. I think that's the ultimate goal of the doctor, right? Is to get the third person to shit out the food that the first person eats. That would be considered a success for this operation. I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> as disgusting as all this sounds, you actually never see any fecal matter in this movie. None. Yeah. But you do wonder constantly, like, could that actually really happen? Uh, I I have so many questions I don't want to bring up because they're so disgusting. Like, I don't want to talk about this, but I do have these questions. Well, we I, have to. We have I just, to talk about this. We do. I'll just ask you this one. So, by the third person, if the yeah. first person eats something, shits it, the second person eats that shit and shits it, your body is absorbing all the nutrients that are available in that food. Is the yeah. third person getting any nutrients at all? I don't think so. I think that's the problem with being the third person in line is that all the nutrients have been filtered out. So, like, any nutrients that the first person misses, the second person's body is going to get those and just a com- thir- complete waste to the third person. So you're just getting literal waste, nothing yeah. else. That's yeah. what I would think, too. I would think that. 
But the doctor seems to think this is a good idea, and he is a well-renowned surgeon, so maybe we're missing something there. Also, the question remains for me: Is the third person's asshole sewed shut, or or can they can they shit? I would think they could still shit. That's the whole point: is that they can shit. Mm-hmm. It's got to go somewhere, doesn't it? Uh, that's the thing: if you sew the third person up, it gets more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a death sentence if you can't shit, right? I mean, it's got to come out of somewhere. Yeah, that means it's just going to fill up in the back. Oh, God. That's not interesting at all. That's Somehow you made this even more disgusting. Scientifically, that's interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, well, did they, but, like, did he do that? Or did the third person? Because we never see the third person shit. We never even see the third person eat any shit. No, and actually, I have some questions about that when we get there. Well, no, I, we can talk about it now, I guess. Whenever We've decided to spoil it, so go we, ahead. We have. So the first guy eventually does shit right into the mouth of the second person, but it seems to me like the second girl was actively holding it in to save her friend from having to eat the shit. I don't think she ever had to eat any shit, the girl in the back. Well, at one point, the doctor does say constipation. Yeah, he says, oh, constipated. We need laxatives, strong laxatives. Yeah, so I think the second person is not shitting. <laughs> which right. is, which, uh, here's the real question. Are you helping or hurting the third person by doing that? Well, you're saving them some something grotesque. but Yeah, they don't have to eat shit, but you're also starving them. Yeah, you're starving them out. And they hadn't eaten probably in two to three days by the time the surgery was finished yeah so, so i don't right. know well we're not quite there yet <laughs> actually right now we're just at the presentation of the doctor and that's basically it in its entirety he does have to remove some teeth to make the grafting work i, I left that part mm, out that's the most disgusting part to the whole show the removal of the teeth yeah yeah when he's yanking the teeth out that's when i was just like oh god yeah, yeah. when they show the actual surgery, it gets a little graphic there, and it's pretty good practical effects, but gross. Still gross. Mm. But we're not there yet at the surgery because Lindsay decides that she wants to try to escape, and she does so by biting off her restraints. She goes full-on Steve Zizou here and just goes Rambo on these restraints and breaks right through. Well, if she was Steve Zisu, she would have fucking escaped, but uh, I, don't think, I don't think she's full Zisu. Oh, if she was Zisu, she would have murdered the doctor and carried out one in each arm and probably done cartwheels on her way out. Oh, if she'd have had a gun, she could have gone Steve Zisu, but she doesn't have a gun. She just runs out of there, and she makes a big mistake, apparently, by not pulling out her, her uh, whatever that thing is that's hooked into her arm. What is that? The, the IV. The IV. So she doesn't pull her IV out. She just takes off running and it rips right out of her her veins and starts pouring blood everywhere. So she's losing blood and covered in blood the whole time. Yeah, and it starts a very long chase sequence. She runs through the house. It's kind of suspenseful. The doctor, you know, is there, but you don't see him pursuing her the whole time, which adds to the suspense a bit. She eventually winds up in a pool, that the, the doctor's personal pool, where she goes out into the middle of the water and just kind of sits there. What's her plan here? What? How's this going to help you escape in any way? There's no good plan, I'll tell you that, because you're caught now. You're in the water, and he's uh, just sitting outside there. It's like 
It's like when you're sitting in the middle of the water and you're like, you can't tag me because you can't reach me. And it's like, yeah, I can't reach you, but at some point you're going to have to come out of the pool. And to speed this process along, he turns on the pool cover and it slowly starts covering up uh, Lindsay. And so it looks like almost she was debating whether or not to just drown herself and die here. She should have. Yeah, it's actually a much better option, I would think, than what the fate is in store for for you. It would be hard to do that still, though, I guess. Yeah. If there's a chance to live, you would try to live, I think. Yeah, you're trying to fight for life. But she does get out of the pool. The doctor had run off because the power went out due to this uh, pool cover being in use. So he goes to fix the power, and it starts the second half of this long chase sequence. Eventually, she breaks a window and gets outside. She goes and gets Jenny, which, good job, Lindsay. What a great friend. No, how dumb is this? Like, her friend is completely unconscious, and she's trying to drag her for miles. Like, like, how long does she think she can drag her for? What do you think is the better course, to just go get help? Yeah, just go get help. Run and go get help. Get out. Because she could have ran off and left and gone and got help and came back and stopped this madman. But instead, she goes back for a friend and tries to drag her along. And it's like, there's no way you're going to escape with this fucking completely dead weight body you're dragging. Not only that, but she drags this body across the broken glass of the window. And you can see the blood. Oh, God. Just ripping her back half apart. That hurts. That hurts my fucking stomach just to think about. Yep. Well, you say that she could have escaped, but I don't think she could have. Because Why not? I'm... She took so much time escaping, you know, helping her friend out of that fucking bed and dragging her yeah. all the way upstairs. She could have jumped out that window and been gone in a quarter of that time. She could have, but I think the doctor was stalking her the entire time. Well, I... maybe, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but still, get the fuck out of there. Well, she almost does. She gets Jenny out into the yard. When the doctor shows up with the sedation gun and he shoots one right between her shoulders. And so she is down and out with Jenny in her arms. We also forgot to mention the doctor threatened her, threatened to make her the middle segment of the caterpillar, which clearly is the worst because he says the pain is doubled or something like that. Yeah, because you have to heal in the front and the back. So it was a high stakes escape attempt here from Lindsay. And unfortunately, it does not work out as she is back in the doctor's clutches again. And the doctor knows she's the strongest, so she would be the best middle link. Yeah, that too. If you're looking at it scientifically. Scientifically, I'm just saying scientifically. So we've already spoiled the operation. It happens now, though, and it is a rousing success. We've got (laughs) Katsuro in the front, and he's still able to speak because his mouth is fully functional. We've got Lindsay in the middle. We won't hear another word out of her. A lot of sounds, but not another word out of Just her the rest of the movie. Glued ass to mouth. And then we've got Jenny as the junk in the trunk of this caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. She is the third. And you know, these girls are topless. And I was really afraid. You know, you've already displayed a lot of sexual depravity this season. <laughs> I was really afraid that you were going to get turned on by this. Oh, that's disgusting. You're sick. Am I sick? Yeah. So this is where you draw the line. A human centipede is too far, huh? Yeah, this is way too far. Listen, everything that I've talked about has to do with pleasure and, like, 
you know, joy and bringing uh, goodness to like people's sexual lives. This is disgusting. You're, 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 uh, you're, you're sick for bringing that up. What if the caterpillar was consenting? Well, then that'd be different. That's de- <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Let's just knock over there. Yeah. The doctor revels in the creation while the victims all moan and groan. The uh, Katsuro in the front curses out a lot of his obscenities, but it was actually a genius move to put a Japanese person there because he's not able to communicate with Lindsay and Jenny because they have a language barrier and he doesn't have to listen to the, the pitiful words of the victims begging for mercy. Yes. Good job, Doc. Nice, 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 uh, nice strategic work, planning there. So, I think it's an accident, but it works out perfect. Well, at night, the doctor locks them in a dog cage, like a dog crate. That'd have to be a pretty big crate to fit those three bodies in there. Yeah, it was. It was decently sized. You think they got any sleep at all? No. There's no fucking way you fall asleep with your ass and mouth glued to another human being. Not to mention the agony they must be in. Like, I've had surgery before, and, you know, you've had cuts and things. They've had major traumatic surgery, and I've got to assume he's not giving them painkillers. They're probably in a lot of pain. I mean, I think he is giving them, like, painkillers and and stuff until they recover. But uh, for the most part, once they've recovered and they're doing this stuff now that they're doing, I, I feel like it's just kind of... Yeah, you think the pain eventually goes away, and they're able to? It's just the torment um, of being in that position. I mean, I I think it's probably painful for certain the way that they move at certain times, but yeah, I don't know. It's a very sensitive part of the body too, your anus. Like at this point, it's been distended and attached to someone else's face, right? Because you're trying to connect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, we have to talk about the movie, but no one should listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to talk about it, but you don't we, want to talk about we it. We don't want to, no. So at, at, that's what happens at night. They go in a cage. But in the daytime, the doctor treats them basically like a dog, like a pet. He tries to get them to play fetch, which uh, Katsuro is especially defiant as the front of the caterpillar. He refuses to play fetch with the doctor. He makes them eat dog food eventually, which that's especially cruel. He could at least feed them real food. Yeah, come on. Feed them something decent. That's just demoralizing, but they get canned dog food, and they've been starving. So Katsuro naturally eats the dog food, gobbles it down, and we know it's only a matter of time. (laughs) We know what comes after that. Yeah, when you eat nasty dog, slimy dog food, it's only a matter of time before you have to take a big, nasty, wicked shit. And then if you're the middle link, you got to just eat that shit. Before we get to that awesome scene, which I'm really looking forward to talking about, though, I did want to point out the cool detail. Katsuro bites uh, Dr. Heiter at some point. Heiter. Mm -hmm. Heiter, yeah. And Heiter gets really pissed. Actually, it's here when he kicks Katsuro and and the actor gets pissed and fights him. Mm, it's It's over this bite. But the thing I wanted to point out, which I thought was kind of cool, is after Katsuro bites him, the doctor starts wearing, like, snake waders so he, he can avoid getting bitten by his own creation. Yeah, he's like, oh, you like my boots? Oh, yeah, bite this boot. Bite me now, Sonny. Yeah. I kept thinking of Klaus. Oh, God. Saying that. 
Klaus is so much better of a person. He is a better person. But now with the waiters on, he takes them out in the yard. And it's here that Katsuro can't hold it anymore. He has to shit, and he does. Right in Lindsay's mouth. Ugh. I can't yeah. even describe. This is the worst, <laughs> most disgusting scene maybe Ugh. I've ever seen. Conceptually. And the concept of this. Ugh. Yeah, we don't see anything. Like We just see her reaction to it. And it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Oh, and you can't even puke because your mouth is sewn up. So it's like you have no choice but to swallow what, what's there. Yeah. You think he did something to, to suppress their gag reflex? I, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think so. I think it's just like sewn, it's sewn up. You're just fucking receiving whatever you're getting. I don't know. Like, I mean, I have no clue. Well, he wouldn't want them to die. So if he didn't do something to suppress it, then you would think they would puke and die. You would think, yeah, you would think puking would create like a, you would, you would choke on your own puke or something like that. I wonder if the second or third person's puke would come out of the first guy's mouth. Would it? <laughs> I mean, if you think about it logistically, though, she's just puking right back up into his ass. Yeah, and then he's just shitting right the puke back right back. <laughs> <laughs> like her, oh. her nose, her nose is clear of it, so she's not like it's not like she can't breathe. Yeah, yeah, her nose is in the clear. It would be like dripping out of her nose, though. It would be yeah, kind so of, if she, ugh, if she throws up, she's just gonna likely eat that too. <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh, oh fuck, oh, Marley, Why? this is your fault. Why, Marley? Marley? Marley, why? <laughs> One thing I did like about this scene, the only thing I liked about this scene is the doctor. He says, yes, feed her. Feed, feed her. her. Feed her. Oh, God. Yeah, that's disgusting. I want to throw up right now if you want. Uh, yeah, feel free. Ugh. So now the doctor takes them down to the lab for some examination. An unclear amount of time has gone by here. I like to think it's all been one day, but something in me tells me it's been like weeks that they've been doing this. Nah, at least a couple of days. Ugh, disgusting. And during this examination, it's revealed here that not only is Lindsay constipated, which led to my theory that maybe she was trying to not shit in Jenny's mouth, but also it's revealed that Jenny... Is suffering from severe infection because of the skin grafting around her mouth. And the doctor even pops some pus out of the thing. Yeah. That's, that might be the actual that's, physical, like the grossest thing you see. That's probably the grossest thing you actually see, but everything else that is implied is way grosser. Yeah. That this, has no, that has zero effect on me because everything I've thought about before that is even more gross than that. I almost expected him to lick the pus after Ew. he had it on his finger. It wouldn't have surprised me out of this guy. Not really. So we know that Jenny is sick, and the doctor even says, Jenny Sector, you're sick. I'm afraid you might be dying. You'll need to be replaced. And so we know Jenny is not long for this world, which might be a good thing if you're her, actually. Yeah, if I'm her, I'm counting the days. <laughs> I'm ready to go. But just when you think there's no hope left, someone arrives at the front door. They're knights in shining armor. Ding and, dong. And no, it's not Amy from the phone call at the beginning. It's not the masturbating pervert from the car that they encountered. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's two random nameless detectives. 
Yes. Pathetic detective, I should say, also. Classic German detectives that don't really have a name and don't really have a place. And they don't even have a Wikipedia page, is how obscure these two guys are. You're you're telling me that they didn't even make it? No. I got the names right here if you want them. They have names, but they don't have pages. No, but... Andreas Leopold as Detective Detective Kranz and Peter Blankenstein as Detective Voller. There we go. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to these guys. They've made it now. They're on the cast. They're on the cast now. They don't deserve to be, though. You know, it took me forever to make this connection, but my wife put this together almost immediately. This movie is like the generic knockoff version of Tusk. I love Tusk. This movie is disgusting. It's almost the same exact movie. You know the worst part about that theory? What? This movie came before Tusk, didn't it? Uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think it probably did. So Tusk is actually a knockoff of this movie. Maybe. But Tusk did it way better and way classier, too, I'll say. Yeah, did they? They put humor in the movie, and it needs Is there that. any way to do it classy, though? That's my question. Like, uh, Well, there was no ass-to-mouth stuff in Tusk. It was more like friendly walrus, you know. Friendly, friendly walrus stuff, yeah, yeah. Well, let's not spoil Tusk any further, because I've promised that we'll review yeah. that one day, so we will. You, you do, like, somebody actually talked to, when I told them we were doing this, they were like, Oh, yeah, that kind of reminds me of that movie Tusk. And I was like, oh, yeah, don't worry. My podcast partner has promised that he's going to do that movie, too. We will. We'll do Tusk one day. That's a promise. A podcast promise. Podcast promise cast. But let's get back to the Tusk knockoff here, the human centipede. We've got the cops now knocking at the door. Dr. Heiter answers the door. And again, I guess he just doesn't know how to talk to humans because he's so sullen with these guys. Well, he definitely isn't uh, the most welcoming person in the world, that's for sure. And he uh, puts them on edge immediately. He doesn't offer them coffee, but he does offer some of his certified fresh spiked water for these two guys. Yeah, he says he doesn't have time for coffee, but I can, water is good. I can drug you with some water. I don't got time for coffee, though. They really stretch out this interrogation scene with uh, these two cops questioning this guy. Well, none, also, none of the dialogue meant anything. To me. Also, you're a rich doctor. Just make some coffee and put your drugs in the coffee. That's fine. That's what I was thinking. Just be friendly. Make it seem like you're not the person who's abducting these guys. Because that's what the cops are there for. They know people have been disappearing. They mentioned that a neighbor heard someone yelling. So Their car, the cars, guy. cars have been found recently around the area. Yeah, and he's not trying to hide anything here, the doctor. He's just being a blatant asshole, a pretentious asshole. But yeah. I guess that fits his character because he's a total sociopath, and even normal, like day-to-day niceties, are beyond his his comprehension. Yeah, he can't do it. He doesn't like humans. He says one of my favorite lines here, which I'll skip because I don't have many of them, but it kind of personifies the ideology of the doctor. Okay, good. But the guys, the, the two detectives, they don't drink the water. And instead... Well, they, one does. Does he? Yeah, that's what later causes him to freak out. You're going to elaborate on them because I'm, I didn't think either one of them drank the water. 
Yeah, the one the one doctor, the one he knocks the water out of the one guy's hands and and or the the doc the detective knocks it out of his hand. The other guy sort of drinks his water a little bit and later starts to have repercussions from it. Oh, okay. So he did get a couple sips in. It didn't affect him as quickly yeah. as the girls. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. It makes some sense in this movie. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So they don't drink the water. Well, one of them does, one of them doesn't. They leave after a confrontation with the doctor. And, and say it's going to take them 20 minutes to go get a search warrant and come back because they're now fully convinced that this guy is weird. You, 20 minutes, man. That's uh, pretty speedy. Yeah, it's quick. They seem like they're out there in the middle of nowhere. Where are they getting in 20 minutes to get something done and back? Yeah, where did they drive to and then come back? That's what I want to know. I can't even get to the gas station and back in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the cops have gone, but they did serve as a distraction. And now with that distraction taking place upstairs, Katsuro and the girls formulate a plan downstairs. They hide around a corner with a scalpel that was left out. And when the doctor comes back downstairs, Katsuro stabs him in the leg and then stabs him in the, is it the patella tendon that he cuts out? So yeah, yeah, right in the knee. Same thing that happened to them, he does to the doctor. Yeah. And then he gets the doctor down and bites his throat out. And, I mean, it should be over. You, you should have killed the doctor here. Dude, he had the scalpel. Just pull the scalpel out and cut this dude's throat. Yeah, just end the doctor here. You're not in a position to run. You've got two people hanging yeah. on to you. End him first, and then you can run at whatever pace you want. Yep. But in a classic horror trope, which is the most frustrating thing when watching these yeah. movies, yeah. just kill the doctor and get out on your own terms. But he doesn't. Right, they, he doesn't. They down the doctor. They bite his throat out. And then they all slowly. It's like Sam and Bilbo climbing up Mount Doom as they... <laughs> Slowly get up the steps, the three of them. I can't carry the ring, but I can carry the centipede. <laughs> I can't carry your friend, but I can carry the middle. He even gets this little system where he speaks in Japanese. He explains to them, this means left, this means right. I'm going to shout out these phrases and we can walk as one. So it's kind of like a learning thing, but it just didn't land with me. I didn't feel inspired by this at all. Not at all. No. I think you were supposed to feel inspired by this show. I don't think, I don't really understand. Yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to feel inspired or not, but either way, their grand escape is wasted because they could have fucking killed the doctor. He could have walked over there. He didn't have to bite his throat out either. He could have just walked over, pulled the scalpel out of his knee, cut his throat, and then been gone. Yep. That's the mistake they made. They also made a mistake here by stretching the scene out for a good 12 to 15 minutes, it felt like. Yeah. You see you see the centipede crawling, and then you see the doctor crawling, and then you see the centipede crawling, and then you see the doctor crawling, and it's just like, how long can this yeah. go on? And the doctor gets halfway up the stairs and just starts licking blood off the stairs like he's a vampire or doctor or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a fucking... little over the top. This guy's a psycho, but come on. Fucking disgusting, and, like, what point does that serve? I don't know. Oh, well, actually, since we're talking about his eating habits, we didn't mention whenever he feeds them the dog food and he has the steak, he doesn't eat the steak. Yeah. Why? Why did he not eat the steak? I don't know. Maybe it was overcooked. <laughs> it was definitely not overcooked. It was raw as hell. It looked raw as hell, but... 
Maybe he wanted a Pittsburgh blue. He it came medium rare, but he wanted a Pittsburgh blue. Oh, I think he was mad because the they didn't like the dog food or something. That I don't know. No, right. just just another pointless scene. Another pointless scene with no direction and no wondering why. Who who knows why? Yeah. So the centipede now makes its way to the room that Lindsay originally escaped from. They thought that the glass might still be broken and there might still be a way out through there. But when they get there, they learn that the doctor had had the glass replaced. We actually saw that in an earlier scene. He had the glass Mm -hmm. replaced. Yeah. And so now it looks completely hopeless because the doctor has crawled up behind them, cornered them there in a room. He's got the scalpel. Katsuro picks up a piece of broken glass, which where did that come from? Yeah, well, he he slams the... uh... Lamp. Um, lamp against the glass a couple of times and it, sh- it looks like it shatters but it doesn't look like it spits out any glass anywhere and where did he get that glass from I don't know if they cleaned it up he finds a knife shaped shard of glass <laughs> and you think they're going to have a standoff here the doctor and Katsuro but here in a little twist Katsuro admits that he has been a horrible sinner in his life and he had a family that he abandoned He's been a bad person. And then he, rather than fight the doctor, kills himself by cutting his own throat brutally with this glass. Yeah, he takes the truly Japanese way out of it. I mean, this is a, this is a movie kind of about cultures. And the, this Japanese guy just, you know, suicide in the Japanese culture is considered very differently than, than our own culture. Well, I would have to think that it would be considered... A lot less honorable if you add in the fact that these two girls that are attached to his ass are also going to die, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's not just uh, it's not just um, suicide. It's it's full scale. You're killing the chain of command. If you're the front and leader of the of the third one third of the human centipede. You kill yourself, you're killing everybody behind you because there's no way they can eat or survive. You think St. Peter has any room behind his pearly gates for uh, Katsuro? <laughs> I think St. Peter's going to have his hands full with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I, I think probably not because of the fact that he's killing those two girls as well. You got you to gotta try to live until you get surgery and get them removed from your ass. Yeah, they should be able... <laughs> I mean, you should be able to take that same piece of glass and cut her mouth from Uranus, right? I would think so, yeah. Yeah, that's what they should try doing. Well, you probably bleed to death, though. Your ass at that point is so gaping from the uh, the graft that you probably just bleed I mean, right at her ass. You just attached by skin, so you cut around the skin. It's like cutting off skin around your asshole. Uh, I think... God, I really don't want to get into this, but I think... <laughs> I think he had to, like I said, distend the assholes of the front and middle people so that they would, like, stretch into the mouth, fully connecting the gastric system of the other two. It wouldn't just be the asshole. You'd have to actually, like, stretch the intestine outward. Mm, I don't know. So that's that's the big question is how far... <laughs> is it the big how question? How far into the ass do you have to get? Uh, well, I don't know. More questions than answers and more answers I don't really want. But that's where yeah. we're at here. Oh, God. This is disgusting. 
It is disgusting. We're almost done, though. Where are we at? Where we, are we at, Lord? Here's where we're at. We've got Katsuro dead. We've got Jenny nearly dead. And we've got Lindsay in the middle. And we've got the doctor unable to walk there, staring them down. But the police have shown back up with the warrant. And that's going to set up the final climactic showdown between Dr. Heiter and the German local police. Dun, dun, dun. Which we'll get to after this break. In a world full of podcasts comes one more podcast. Two men who know absolutely nothing about hardly anything at all bring you the Rancid Taco Movie Review Podcast. You can check them out on Twitter at Rancid Movie or send them an email at RancidTacoPodcast at gmail.com. Prepare yourself for a most rancid experience with the Rancid Tacos. So the police now are back. They've got their warrant, and they don't even waste time ringing the doorbell. They barge right in with their guns drawn. The doctor doesn't even answer the door, if they were to have knocked at the door. Instead, he goes to hide. And we don't see what happens. The two, direct, the two uh, detectives split up, and one of them goes around the pool. It actually makes a lot more sense now that you explained that. Yeah, he gets sick. He drank the water, and so then he starts to feel it 30 minutes later and then starts to, I guess, slowly pass out. Yeah. And so that enables the doctor to get the drop on this guy. We don't see what happened, but it's implied that he kills him with the scalpel and throws him in the pool, right? Yeah. Pretty impressive considering he did this from his knees. He had a torn patella tendon. Yeah, I mean, we see the scalpel stuck in his neck and he's floating in the pool. So somehow the doctor has stuck the, stuck him with a scalpel and killed him. So now the second detective goes to investigate because he hears a shout or a gunshot. And when he gets down to the pool, <clears throat> the doctor has taken the gun from the other detective and he's sitting there waiting the only living detective he shoots and kills the detective but at the same time the detective shoots and kills the doctor yeah well he shoots him twice and then he falls to his knees and rattles off one shot that goes right through the doctor's forehead and it takes him way too long to die like he should have just immediately died yeah it's an instant death if you get shot in the in the brain like that yeah but now the two detectives are dead and the doctor is dead. So all we have left is the front. Oh, the center front of the centipedes now killed himself. So all we, we have, have left is Lindsay and Jenny, our two yeah. main protagonists. Yeah. And guess what? Shanny's dying. Yep. That's what we see here in the final scene. They're still in the sunroom thinking about escaping, but you can see by the way they filmed this, the body of Jenny is much more pale than the body of Lindsay. And the same goes for Katsuro. Yeah. So those two are dying. Jenny is actually dying from the infection in the skin graft. And it's kind of sweet the way she and Jenny hold hands there as uh, Jenny dies right there. And then and then. Touching. Yeah, very touching. <clears throat> but now where does that leave Lindsay? 
right in the middle. <laughs> She's just stuck there between two dead corpses. You have to assume just she can't feeding, even move, right? Feeding off of the death of behind oh. her and in front of her, yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't even bring that up, but you know that corpses yeah. drain when they die, and so oh, all yeah. of his death fluids are just draining into her mouth. Ew. How long do you think she lives here? Because she can't move at all, right? Like, she's just stuck in that room? Yeah, I don't know. If somebody comes, like, that's the thing, is it ends on a pretty ambiguous note, so you don't, you have no clue, but uh, does she survive? I think if she's there for more than 12 hours she's probably going to die I think you would die way quicker being attached to two dead corpses like physically attached to them but they might have sent someone to find those cops that had just got the search warrant so maybe she gets rescued I don't know yeah there's no but we don't get any relief in the storyline so we just have to assume she probably dies yeah let's say she does die because that's a happier ending probably what kind of life (laughs) would you live after this Oh, scarred life for sure. You would never trust anyone ever again. As well as the physical deformities that would come from the surgery afterward. I mean, she's been mutilated, completely mutilated. She's probably going to walk around with half of this guy's asshole as like her lips, like her face the rest (laughs) of her life. (laughs) Yeah. She'll get made fun of for it, probably. Poor girl just walking around with somebody else's asshole on her lips. And that's her new mouth. Yeah. Oh, so death probably is the happier ending, but we never do learn. And that, thank God, is the end of thank Human God. Centipede. Jesus Christ, we got through it. I'm going to throw up right now. <clears throat> we did that whole thing in less than an hour and a half, which is not like us. We usually go long, but that felt like three hours. That was uh, horrible. Felt like felt like I was attached to Uranus the whole time. Yeah, I feel like I was eating your vomit shit all <laughs> the whole episode oh god well marley curse you for curse making, you for <laughs> making us review this movie congratulations you'll never be selected again to choose a movie never again but we will give it the proper ranted taco treatment and say a few of our favorite lines here from the human centipede ah yes shall i go first yeah go ahead uh, the first weird German guy that shows up in the car says, you're always wet between the legs, right? Yeah. Very, very subtle. This is the first guy. It's not even like, they're not even captured yet. And that guy just pulls up and goes, yeah, you're always wet between the legs, right? That's their knight in shining armor, that guy. Yeah. And then the Japanese guy, Katsuro. Yep. The Japanese possess unbelievable strength when backed into a corner. <laughs> I wrote that one down. Too. What an absurd thing to say in that situation. Yeah, right? Like, oh, okay. Sure. Sure, buddy. That is the only two I have. Nice. Well, you stole one of mine. But the other ones I have, there's one from Jenny, which I only like it because it was so bad. When Lindsay says, there's no signal. And Jenny says, there's always a signal. There is not always a signal. There's plenty of places on the earth where there's not a signal. Also, they're using like a Nokia brick phone at this point, right? Well, this movie was filmed in 2007 or 8 or something. So it's... Yeah, so 2007, 2008 was like Nokia, um, Razor. Remember the Razors? Like 
Blackberry. Yeah, the Blackberries. Like, this is not advanced cell phones. All right. I also have one here from the doctor when he says, oh, shit, what was it? They said, oh, the girls say, do you live here with your wife? And he says, no, I don't like human beings. <laughs> what the, what's your problem, man? Come on. That is a classic misanthrope. Then he, uh, he plays a nice hazel whenever he delivers the water to these two girls, the spiked water. He hands it to them and he says, water, 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 water. It might be the friendliest tone that he uses the entire time. And then the final line I have, and you know, it again comes from the doctor when he says to the detectives, I have neither the time nor the patience for the banality of missing persons. So, so missing people are just too trivial for him to worry about. He's got to think yeah. about how am I going to make this guy gotta, eat shit and, and shit yeah. about someone else? I'm trying to figure out how to connect them through their mouth and anus. Like, yeah, I don't have time to think about why they're missing. It just goes to show what a complete sociopath this guy is. Like, missing persons mean nothing to him. He's, he's got his work that he's got to obsess over. Yeah, yeah. So that's it for my favorite lines. Nothing really too amazing there. And I have a feeling we're also not going to have very amazing scores. Oh, you are correct in that assumption. Give it to me dirty, baby. Fuck. It's horrible. It's a bad, bad, bad movie. It's disgusting to watch. It's disgusting to think about. And yet, something draws us to it. There's a reason why people have liked this movie in the past. And it's in that vein of... uh, of a horror film that's just absolutely ridiculous and and not believable, really, that makes it... Uh, that, I would have to disagree there. I think the science is maybe what draws people to it. That, the fact that they marketed it as sure, scientifically sure. real. Scientifically, I guess this could really happen, but uh, it's just fucking disgusting from beginning to end. <laughs> and it doesn't really, to me... Uh, there's nothing good about the dialogue. There's nothing good about the music. There's nothing good about the performances. Uh, you save give, for give the, a point to the doctor. The doctor, I'll give a point to the doctor. So save for the doctor, there's not much going on for performances. And it's like, why? What's the purpose and why are we doing this? So... It's not rewatchable. Not even close, I don't think. Like I watched this twice, and the second time I was just like, "Why didn't I take notes the first time?" Because I don't need, I don't need to see this the uh, second time. It's disgusting. It's human depravity and and everything that we don't want to talk about balled up into one film. There's really zero redeemable qualities about this type of film. This is a pornographic film, if you want. If you want my opinion, you think people get off on this? Yeah, this is no, no, no. This is pornographic in the sense that it's not artistic, and it's it's like a like you know when a porno has a film going there's acting and then there's sex and then there's acting and then there's sex and then there's acting when a kung fu movie goes off there's kung fu and then there's acting and there's kung fu and then there's acting and there's kung fu 
when this type of movie goes off, there's fucking sick psycho shit acting, sick psycho shit acting, sick psycho shit acting. It's it's the base of fucking film entertainment to me. And I'm going to give it a 5 out of 20. All right. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you, even the slightest, because I... Actually, I don't really ag- agree with your reasoning, but I agree with your score almost to a T. I think there are, there is, there is room for a movie like this for some people, but that audience is very, very slim. I like scary movies, but this isn't so much scary as it's just disgusting, like you said. So normally I say this is a great movie, but it's not for everybody. I'll say that this movie is maybe not for anybody. I don't don't know who, like you said, who the intended audience is. Who, yeah, who's the sickos that dig this? But I will give some credit to the fact that it's very conceptually intriguing. It brings up a lot of questions. They're disgusting questions that you don't want to really think about. But at the same time, you find yourself thinking about them. And Mm -hmm. so, therefore, it is a movie that makes you think just because of the, the premise that it's based upon. So it's above other movies of this type, like splatter horror or body horror, maybe. But again, it's just so disgusting that I can't get over that fact. So yeah. it's definitely not rewatchable. I'd seen this once before, and I guess I'd tried to forget it. But it's uh, not rewatchable, not good. It's got bad acting, bad music, like you said. The script is somehow littered with plot holes, even though it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah. Still has plot holes. The performance of the doctor was pretty good, pretty impressive. And I did like the concept. And I like the fact that the writers of this said that they based the movie off the, the scientific research of Josef Mengele, the Nazi doctor from world war two. Oh God. I had no clue. Yeah. That was the inspiration for this movie. And so that was, kind of interesting to me i'm always interested in history so there was there was a real doctor trying to do this yet oh yeah you've never heard of this guy mengele no of course uh, not that's a whole different wormhole but he did all the horrible nazi experimentation it's all real and he oh, that's he disgusting did it. he sewed people together he tried to change their eye colors with poison just all kinds of stuff absolute <laughs> a, a living demon on earth is what this guy was so that's what this character is based off of. That's also why they made him German with the sauerkraut and so on and so forth. That was a nod to the uh, the Nazi party, actually, mm. and Nazi experimentation. But again, none of this gives much to my score, and I'm pretty close with you. This is one of the worst movies we've ever reviewed, and I'm going to score it as such a 6 out of 20. No one should ever see this movie, and if you do... <laughs> Just see it the one one time and, and be done with yeah, it. Yeah, don't ever rewatch it. Yep, that's where I'm at with this. Not the worst movie I've ever seen, but uh, not pretty fucking good. disgusting. Though. Pretty pretty gross. Yeah, not cool. Yeah. But that is going to be a nice palate cleanser for what's coming up next. Mmm. Yes. Man, we have got something brewing here. We have tried and have actually done a pretty good job of not spoiling this. But it's something that we both hold very near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. Yep. And I'm a little bit worried about how it's going to turn out, but I'm so excited at the same time. Yep. Because I will take any opportunity given to me, and I know you will too, 
to dive into the world that J.R.R. Tolkien has created for us. And that's what we'll be doing for the next eight weeks as we take a break from movies to review The Rings of Power. Yes. And we are reviewing something that we are heavily involved in right now. Both you and I are both deep into the Middle Earth. Sickeningly involved. Sickeningly involved. We're both so deep into Middle Earth. And I have a feeling we're both going to be super disappointed with, with the stories that come out. But at the same time, we're going to review them. We're going to give them the due respect they deserve. I'm going to go in with a very open mind, probably leaning yeah. toward optimistic. And so maybe yeah. that'll be bad. But I'm, yeah. I just love it so much that I really want it to be good. Now, we, we both want it to be good because this is the story of something that we can dedicate our lives to. You know, like we, we talk, we talk about, uh, Lord of the Rings and those, the type of middle earth stuff, but we go on and on and on. Like we're, we're literally on the verge of dedicating our life to this story and we're going to, we're going to be able to review it one by one as they come out episode by episode for the rings of power. Oh yeah. They've spent over a billion dollars on this. Can't be that bad. No, the trailers actually look pretty sick. If nothing trailers else, look wild. The, it's going to be good to look at. I just hope the it's, story is kind of good. Yeah, enough. it's going to be great to look at. We know that, and they didn't spare any expenses. I don't know any of the actors or actresses, which is kind of concerning, but we do know that they've put all their money where their mouth is. So we're going to get we're gonna get Middle Earth unadulterated. Oh, yeah. And at, at a minimum... I've got no one else. I mean, I talk to my kids about this stuff, but I've got no one else that a, a full grown adult that I can talk about the history of Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings and oh, you know, yeah. the first age, second age. No one else but you. So well, at a minimum, we're going to get an hour or two a week of talk about that. And that's going to be you're great. in the you're in the exact same boat as me because I love Middle Earth and I love Tolkien to a fucking fault. And there's nobody else on earth I can talk to about it except for you. And by God, we're going to talk about it. Uh, It's going to be glorious. And that will be the next thing that we put out will be the Rings of Power, episode one. And I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's going to be some good stuff, I think. I really hope so. Me too. Especially after watching this first episode of the uh, Dragon Show. House of the Dragon. Yeah, House of Dragons. Not as impressive as I thought, so I'm well, excited. I, I like House of the Dragon, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll review that in six years or something. But but don't all the like don't all the blonde dragon people look like pussies? Uh, they look like elves. So no, I don't want to yeah. say that. Kind of like elves, but elf pussies. <laughs> well, it didn't occur to me, but it actually kind of is a head-to-head matchup that we're getting here. Game of Thrones versus Lord of the Rings. It didn't hit me until just recently. Like, they're going to be putting out episodes against each other weekly. Yeah. An overlapping yeah. period there, there. Yeah. One's definitely going to be trying to steal from the other. So it'll be interesting to see how that battle plays out. But I think I know which side we'll be on. Oh, yeah. Muster the Rohirrim. Master the Rohirrim, fourth Alingus, and fourth breakfast too. 
All right. Yeah. Well, that does it for Human Centipede. Hail to your mother. Hail to your mother. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you for the next eight weeks as we undertake the epic Rings of Power. There is only one Lord of the Rings, and he does not share power. I mean, I picked it, but I didn't pick it. Well, you know, it's Marley's movie. Hey, what a sicko. What's wrong? What kind of child have I raised? What have you raised? Everyone loves movies from Webster to Morocco. Who needs rotten tomatoes when you've got the rancid tacos? This podcast is brought to you by West Virginia Pepperoni Rolls. <laughs>